Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orson. Today we'll be talking about a whole bunch of great shows. We're going to be talking about Adventures of Gumby. We're going to be talking about The Eagle Hunters. We're going to be talking about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. We're going to be talking about middle school, worst years of my life, masterminds. But right now, we're going to be talking to Jeff Ramsey and his daughter, Millie, about their new show, School. And Jeff and Millie are from the YouTube empire, Rooster Teeth. So, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And how about you, Millie? I'm pretty great, actually. <laughs> I am great as well. So, Jeff, can you tell me about your show, School? Uh, yeah, sure. Schooled is a show that Rooster Teeth and Fullscreen did in partnership with AT&T Hello Lab, uh, which is an initiative AT&T has to help content creators connect on a more personal level with their audience. Uh, and we've, we've been wanting to do family-friendly content at Rooster Teeth here for a long time. This seemed like a great opportunity. Uh, so essentially... Uh, it was born out of a bet. I had a bet uh, with uh, the guys that uh, I work with. They're called Achievement Hunter. Uh, they are professional gamers that I could hire a bunch of 10 and 11-year-old kids. And in the course of about two weeks, I could train them to be better video gamers than uh, than my adult counterparts. And if I lose, uh, I, uh, I have to get a tattoo of one of the member's nose on my body. Uh, I... Uh, they accepted, which I was not expecting, and so I immediately enlisted the help of my daughter uh, to help me uh, figure out how to train 10-year-olds to play video games. Yep. Okay, Jeff, I just have to ask you, are you nervous that you actually have to get a tattoo of a nose? Uh, nervous, no. Uh, <laughs> trepidatious, uh, super not excited about the possibility, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a bet's a bet. So the show, you guys mainly play the game Ultimate Chicken Horse, correct? That's correct, yeah. So, Millie, you are one of the kids that played in the game. And uh, what do you think about the game? Uh, I thought it was a really fun game and totally family-friendly, which is a pretty good thing. Like, nobody wants to watch a bunch of people play Call of Duty, right? Right. Exactly. It's, it had to be a bit more interesting, and I'm really glad what we've picked. And I've played it um, a lot, and it has been um, a very, very interesting and fun game, and um, needs a lot of strategy, which I like. Yeah, it really forces uh, forces you to be creative. It definitely is. It's a unique game, and I've watched a lot of videos about it. It's a very fun game and looks very entertaining. So this show takes place at a place called Rooster Teeth Bunker, which looks like the best place ever. It looks like the coolest room ever in existence. What is a normal day on set there like? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. We would get there, you know, 7 or 8 in the morning, and uh, we would usually have some downtime. Uh, Live-action production is actually a pretty pretty slow, tedious process. A lot of like setting up lights for an hour and testing sound and that kind of stuff. So a lot of, a lot of actually playing ultimate chicken horse while we're waiting to be filmed playing ultimate chicken horse. What about you, Millie? What did, what was your day like? 
Uh, it was wake up really early, maybe eat something, go there, play on my laptop, get ready for set, put on my mic and everything, you know, do the whole day until it's like five, right? Yeah, five, un- unfortunately there are child labor laws in yeah. Texas, so they, we can only work so long. Now, I know that Bruce and Teeth Alone has covered so many different types of video games, and you both got, you both guys love video games, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you say is your guys' favorite video games? Like all-time favorite, you can only choose one. Uh, oh, gosh. I really like a video game called Peggle. Uh, it's really simple. Uh, it's kind of like Plinko. Uh, that's probably my favorite. Millie, what about you? Minecraft. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. She <laughs> is uh, quite the Minecraft player. I am. It's definitely a great game. So what, so what would you... Uh, what would you say is kind of the future for Rooster Teeth? Do you guys think that you'll be producing more competition-like shows like this in the future? Because personally, I would love an opportunity to be able to be on one of these shows. Do you guys have anything other like this planned in the future? Uh, I certainly hope so. You know, we, we've only put out one episode of this one so far, so we'll have to see how it goes. But uh, I don't know. I would, I would welcome any opportunity to play, to get paid to uh, spend time with my daughter in the future. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure she welcomes any opportunity to get paid at all. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully there's a lot more of this in the future for Rooster Teeth than for us. You're listening to Kids First Come Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Right now we are talking to Jeff and Millie about their new show, School, but next we're going to be talking about Adventures of Gumby. Right now we're going to continue talking to Jeff and Millie. My next question for you is, what do you think is the cause that video games are such a huge industry? So many people are loving them, and now they're at schools, they're in workplaces, they're just kind of coming in everywhere, and they're taking a little step in every single industry. What do you think caused that? Uh, uh, well, I'll go first. Um, I think that people are starting to slowly over time realize that video games are actually, uh, really creative tools that allow, uh, interactive entertainment. It's not passive entertainment, right? Like instead of sitting down and watching a cartoon or watching television, you're actually interacting with the world, you're problem solving, you're developing hand-eye coordination and you're entertaining yourself, but you're also using your mind at the same time. Uh, and I think that that creates for far more rewarding experiences. How about you, Molly? Um, I think video games, they, they're really fun. They can be used as educational stuff. They can be used, like you said, strat- like using your mind and everything at the same time, which is really useful. You always want to have that brain activated, other than when you're asleep, of course. Which, But, um, yeah, just, you know, I think that's... What yeah, they make, you, they make yeah. you problem solve, look at things differently. Uh, I, I have a feeling that we're going to have a whole new generation of architects in about 10 years that oh. cite Minecraft as their their entire inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and city planners based off SimCity. What's that? And, and city planners that live oh. in SimCity. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's going to so, be very interesting. So uh, this kind of two-part question for you guys. Jeff, when you were a kid, what did you want to grow? What do you want to be when you grow up? And Millie, what do you want to be when you grow up right now? Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect until I realized how much math was involved. Uh, and then I think I wanted to be a rodeo clown. How about you, Millie? Uh, well, I've been through a roller coaster of things I've wanted to be. But currently, I want to be an actress. 
Well, that's a that's a great job. It's definitely a fun job. And so my next question is just really, what do you think the show is about? What do you think mainly the show is about? Like, there's a lot of different aspects of it, but can you like quickly describe it for viewers who don't know anything about about it? Uh, for me, the show was about meeting a really fantastic group of uh, of young kids and uh, getting to spend time with them and bond with them and. Uh, I don't know, hopefully create some really fun, family-friendly content uh, that shows, uh, once again, how interactive video games can be, how good they can be for the whole family, and what a great experience they can be for, for parents and children uh, to spend time together uh, in, like I said, a, a, not as active as being outside, obviously, but certainly not as passive as sitting around watching TV. How about you, Mill? I feel like that this is about... Well, you know, how this can be a family-fun family, family, family fun kind of thing. Like, video games can be really fun for the family. But I also thought that this was also just about entertaining people. Because I know some people have, like, a rough day, and then they can watch something that they actually like. So, you know, that that's always pretty good, right? Yeah, that was a better answer than I had. I, 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 what she said, that's my, also my answer. <laughs> Now, uh, I want to talk about Ultimate Chicken Horse a little bit more. So, I don't, there's a lot of games out there that have strategy and there has a lot of planning involved with it. But what made you guys choose specifically Ultimate Chicken Horse? Uh, well, I think I can answer that one. Uh, the developers were really great, really fun to talk to. Uh, the game had kind of all of the points we wanted to hit. It was competitive. It allowed for a legitimate competition to be had between the kids and the adults. It also was super creative. Uh, and uh, and family friendly, and uh, as they described it to me, it's the perfect marriage of the ultimate game of chicken and the ultimate game of horse. Which, when you break it down like that, I think everybody immediately understands and recognizes what that's about. I think that is a great description. That that perfectly describes the game, and it's hard to perfectly describe games like that. It's true. So there's a lot of different series and a lot of different series. If you look on the Rooster Teeth website that you guys do. Instead of schooled, what would be what would you think is your favorite series, Jeff? And Millie, you could also answer. What do you think is your favorite series? Uh, my favorite series is probably uh, we do a, a Minecraft series, Let's Play Minecraft, uh, that we put out each Friday. I really enjoy that because for similar reasons, it's a little more adult focused, but it uh, it allows us to be creative in a in a, in a sandbox where we can only build to our uh, our imagination's uh, limits. And uh, so that's always a lot of fun. How about you, Mel? Well, hmm. I I don't watch your content. <laughs> well, I can say this: Millie actually has her own show called Mastermind Tutorials on Dream on DreamWorks uh, YouTube channel, DreamWorks TV, and she does a series of Minecraft tutorials every few weeks. So maybe maybe that's your favorite show. I think that is honestly my my favorite show. <laughs> I don't know. The stuff that you're in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I also just don't watch you at uh, all because yeah. I already live with you. Yeah. That's, the, uh, that's the downside of uh, being in the industry that my daughter is interested in is, is everything I do is suddenly not cool because I'm her dad. <laughs> so, well, thank you guys so much for talking to me about this fantastic show and all the fantastic shows that Rooster Teeth makes. If you'd like to check out any of the shows that Rooster Teeth makes, including this one, you can go to the Rooster Teeth channel. And also don't forget to check out Millie's show, Mastermind, on the DreamWorks TV channel. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Blinky Bill the Movie.
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back everyone i'm brand Silla, and you are listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about schooled uh we're going to be talking about miss peregrine's home for peculiar children middle school worst years of my life masterminds and birth of the nation but right now we're going to be talking about the Adventures of Gumby, the 60s series, Volume 2, with Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. All right. So uh, talk to me about uh, the series. What exactly is it about? So the Gumby series in general is just about Gumby and his adventures in this kind of clay world where there's a whole bunch of different things to do and with his friends. And uh, the 60s series, Volume 2, the good thing about Gumby is there's no real main plot, which means... You could start anywhere in the 60s series, the 70s series, the 50s series, and you'd know what's going on because it really just does a great job introducing the characters and all of that. So I couldn't really say the plots about this, but it's really just about Gumpy and all his friends. His best friend is Pokey, which I believe is a horse or a donkey or something like that. But it's it's a great show, and it, it's a lot of fun, and it has a lot of great features about it. And like I said, what I like about it, since there's so many episodes in the whole Gumby series, it's great that it can just really start anywhere. And so this volume, because I, I reviewed the uh, the 60s series volume one, is just volume two just a continuation of the 60s stuff? And what exactly is in this volume? So volume two has a whole bunch of episodes, like, like oh, a, a lot of different episodes. I, I think it's around 40, 50, 60. I need to look at it again. But uh, it's pretty much just kind of continuation. Yeah, like you said, because there's so many episodes in the 60 series, they split into two. And on top of that, it has a whole bunch of extra credit features. Like it shows a couple of sing-alongs with the Gumby songs. There's never before seen song. There's some things about the sets, and there's a couple of pictures from the original sets, which is really cool because it kind of gives you an insight of, how they did all the stop motion art, which isn't really done that much anymore today. And it's just kind of cool to see that now because, like I said, it's kind of a dying art and it hasn't been done professionally a lot in a long time. 
Did you find it? Because when I watched it, uh, I was interested, uh, like you said, in how they engineered it. Because I like to see kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff of it, especially in a production like this, that stop motion. Uh, did you find uh, watching the series, um, you know, better uh, than the behind-the-scenes stuff, or were you more interested in like the behind-the-scenes stuff? You know, I like the behind-the-scenes, but I just wish there was more. And there's still a lot. I mean, they have interviews with the, some people from the crew. And they had a lot of things like that, but I just wish they had more. I wish, honestly, I wish that they just had behind-the-scenes of every single episode they did. But I'd say that if I wanted to find out how they did, I would watch the behind-the-scenes. If you want to find out the result, you could watch it. But personally, I enjoyed the main show more, mostly because they're – there was a good amount of extra credit content, but I would, really would have liked more. So Gumby was uh, was made in the 60s and, like you said, the 70s and the 80s. Uh, obviously, we weren't born back then. Uh, did you know about Gumby beforehand? Before I reviewed this, yes, I did. I knew about it because of the 50 series, which I reviewed before the original Gumby episodes. That were the very first ones where he goes to the moon and all that, the very, very first Gumby episodes. And before that, I've heard about Gumby from my parents' stories. They watched Gumby's when they watched Gumby when they were growing up. But I never actually watched an episode and I was thoroughly surprised and I really enjoyed it because honestly, it's really not that much different than the very adventurous and creative kid shows that we have today on TV. Of course, they're done with computer animation now, but still it has the same sort of feel has the same sort of silliness and overall just the same sort of quality yeah because uh beforehand when before before i reviewed the first one i just remember seeing a lot of gumby as this like oh this green claymation dude that was in like a lot of um a lot of shorts, you know, a lot of like uh, spoof comedy bits and stuff. It's like, oh, who is that guy? And then I see the I see the show. It's like, oh, that's who he is. Oh, okay, and, and it clicked. So you mentioned uh, kids show. Uh, when I watched it, it seemed like the comedy was for everyone. Like, uh, who would you say that the show is geared towards, as far as an audience? I'd honestly say it's for all ages. It's definitely meant for kids in general, but I'd say it's meant for all ages because. Although the jokes, although the jokes are for all ages, so is the story and so is the characters in general. I mean, there's really no limitations. So I'd give an age rating of four to eighteen. I'd say because like there's really nothing parents have to worry about. Maybe kids would get slightly bored. That's it. And just younger kids. I think older kids would greatly enjoy the adventures and the silliness and the vast imagination that the characters have and use. And going off that note about being bored. Did you yourself find it entertaining or because when I watched it, I just felt a little bit disconnected because the animation wasn't that good. It was kind of, you know, eh, would you, um, was there a disconnect uh, for you or did you find it entertaining? Honestly, I did find it entertaining and I had to stop myself from watching episodes so I could do the review. But I honestly did enjoy the episodes a lot and I really did enjoy the style of the episodes, and honestly, I found the animation extremely smooth. It's definitely not computer animation, but I honestly personally think that stop-motion animation is a lot more lifelike and it's a lot more realistic in terms of being realistic animation because the artist actually can physically configure the characters. And in 2016, with the recent stop-motion animation movies, done a lot better because I remember seeing that now stop-motion animation, stop motion animation movies are made of 3D printers, and it's kind of cool to see that stop-motion animation is getting a revamp, and 
I know that the creators of, creators of Gumby and, and, and Circle, I believe, they're going to be doing a reboot of Gumby, so that's exciting to see. And I do think that I did enjoy it, and I honestly never got bored. Definitely. Uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. Today we're talking about school, the adventures of Gumby, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Middle School Worst Years of My Life, Masterminds, and Birth of the Nation. Right now we're talking about the adventures of Gumby with Jerry. And you mentioned we've been talking a lot about the stop motion animation, especially with this series. You seem to know a lot. Uh, the techniques used here... Have you seen it in, let's say, Tim Burton movies or several shows? Did you see certain techniques that uh, they took from Gumby into their works? Uh, I don't think so, mostly because Gumby didn't create really anything that I know of. Gumby kind of used the same series of stop motion. I believe it is one of the first stop motion animation shows, like for kids. Don't quote me on that. I'm saying that based off the top of my head, but... Um, I don't think that Tim Burton or anybody like that took from Gumby. I know that a lot of creators watched Gumby and were inspired because of Gumby. I remember I read about that, but I don't think any of the creators directly took the stop motion because Gumby used the standard stop motion style where you have to play figures, then you take pictures of them, you move them, take pictures, etc. And it's that kind of little style that creates a stop motion effect. But honestly, if you look at the different works, works of uh, of the creators of Gumby, you can see that stop motion really does have this kind of animation effect. It has a little jitter, which computer animation doesn't have, but I like that jitter because it gives it more of a real life feel and makes it more lifelike. It's great when stuff doesn't look like, you know, Star Wars Episode One. that it just looks like everything's just computer rendered, you know? That, that, we don't talk about that here. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Episode one is a forbidden movie in kids' first lore. <laughs> yes. Um, but stepping away from the technical aspect and the animation of the series, what did you think of the episodes and the stories themselves? Uh, what did you like about them? I love the episodes because they are usually short. They're at most like six, seven minutes long. So if you just want to quickly watch an episode, you could easily watch an episode. And on top of that, they... They always had some sort of moral or message, but they didn't imply, oh, yeah, today we learned this and that. They kind of just had a story, and then you could figure out the moral message for yourself, which I like because it kind of gave the viewers a little job and made them curious about it. And I like that, too, because it made you realize that you're learning about real-life consequences from different events without really actually realizing you're learning it because there's different episodes where they like, don't assume or karma is real or things like that. And you don't realize you're learning about that until after and you think about the episode story. Uh, for me watching it, uh, I definitely took away that I like the simplicity of it. And I like that they, uh, they had a, uh, a moral center in a way that there was always some lesson or some, you know, something that uh, could be taught. I, I like that when I'm, watch, when I'm watching something that, you know, the ki uh, kids are being taught something by watching this. And you mentioned about uh, learning something. So what can kids learn from watching Gumby? You could learn a lot of different things. Uh, there's quite a few episodes where they actually do talk about scientific things. Gumby himself in the 60s series is actually incredibly smart and kind of a little bit of a scientist. But um, he... 
he does talk about a lot of different, like just little kind of snippets here and just little snippets there that little kind of insert little scientific facts that you may or may not have known, which is very, very interesting that they included that in a kid's show. And it's not like they focus on that. They kind of just put it in there and there so kids can learn about that. Like I said, kids can learn about morals and messages and things that they can use later in life. All right. So so finally, what's uh, your rating for this series? I definitely gave it five out of five stars because I really just love Gumby in general. I love how ahead of its time it was. I love the stop motion animation. I love the stories. I love everything about it. All right, Jerry. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, let's take a break. I'm Brandon Silla, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the wonderful show Gumby, and now we will be talking about the two movies, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and also Middle School First Years of My Life, and we're going to be starting with Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children with Naeem. So, Naeem, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. So what did you think about the spectacular film? Well, first I have to say the animation was top notch because it was directed by Tim Burton. So, of course, you know, it's going to be amazing. Tim Burton is definitely known for his absolutely beautiful animation. For people who don't know, can you tell us the story of the film? Um, so it's about this kid named Jake whose uncle passed away. And right before his uncle passed away, he gave him a message to go talk to Miss Peregrine and meet all the peculiars. So he went on a trip with his father back in time to the 1940s to go meet Mrs. Peregrine. Now, I have to ask you, would you say this is fantasy or would you say this is something else? Because I feel like it's fantasy, but there's definitely a lot of elements. What would you say it is? Like, what do you say it is the main genre? Well, I would say it's fantasy, but also it would relate to some real things that happen. 
Yeah, I could see that. I could see that connection. By the way, if you'd like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. So my next question has to do with the acting. There's a lot of great names. We have Samuel L. Jackson playing Baron. We have uh, Rupert Everett playing the, well, he's playing kind of small role. He's playing ornithologist. We have Chris Elwer playing Franklin Portman. So what do you think of all the performances? Well, first I have to say Samuel L. Jackson he at once at one one of the scenes he had me like almost screaming because his eyes were glowing it was just really freaky and i thought he did a great job staying focused and like really strong and looking really scary oh baron definitely he's my favorite character he is just i just love his personality yeah, and all the other characters, I thought they you, um, they did a great job. Even um, even some of the extras, like um, when they were on the island, some of the extras that were just people on the island did an amazing job. Um, I think that there was nobody you could say didn't do a good job in this movie. You know, you're right. There are some roles that have like five minutes, ten minutes of runtime, but they still leave an impression in your head and you still remember those characters really, really well. So I said my favorite character is Baron, but what do you think your favorite character is? Um, my favorite character, I think, was either Jake or Baron. And Jake, by the way, is played by Asal Butterfield. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. And why do you, why do you think they're your favorite characters? Because I felt like Jake, he, he, even though it's completely different, he kind of made me think about Percy Jackson the, and the Olympians because it was like this kid who thought he did it, he wasn't special or anything, and then he turned out to be one of the really special people that they needed to help. Actually, I can see that connection. I didn't really think about it, but yeah, he does actually remind me a lot of Percy Jackson, Jackson, right? Just maybe a little bit younger. And something I kind of like about Jake personally just means that he started off as a chicken, as a normal kid, like Percy Jackson, but then he became like this very special character. Now, how many stars would you give this film and why? I would give it, I would give it five out of five stars because I thought that it, um, the storyline was amazing, and I love, I think I mentioned this in a lot of my reviews, I love to see movies that start out with, like, an action scene or something like that, like a, like a, like one of the ride-along movies, they start out with a huge action, action scene, which really gets me hooked and make, makes me want to keep watching, so that's, I thought they did a great job doing that. Yeah, I definitely agree, I love films like that. So what age rating would you give this film and why? I would recommend it for kids ages 10 to 18, and adults would also love this movie. But I wouldn't recommend it for kids under the age of 10 because it was really frightening in some points and in some parts, and kids would be super scared. I definitely agree with you. Thank you so much for telling me about this absolutely spectacular film. Like I said, if you'd like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. You're listening to Kids First Come Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now, we're just talking about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Now we're going to switch onto a film called Middle School Worst Years of My Life. And we're going to be talking to, we're going to, be talking to Mia, who is 12 and lives in Boulder. So, Mia, what did you think about this film? Well, I loved this film because 
in my opinion, it was one of the better middle school movies for kids, and it had amazing, cool animation, and the characters were very believable. And can you tell us the story about the film? So, Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life is based off the book, Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life, and it's about a kid named Rafe, played by Griffin Gluck, who is in middle school, and he has been expelled from many schools, and this is the last school that would accept him, but this school is super duper strict, so he decides to break all the rules. Now, judging from the scenes that I saw of this film, it looks absolutely hilarious. Do you think that there's any comedy in this film? And if so, how is it? Yeah, I thought there was a lot of comedy in this film. There was, the animation helped it actually be more of a comedy because it was his imagination and what he thought of the school and the principals. And also what he does to break all the rules is pretty hilarious. And the principal, who has that mean, bad attitude, is pretty hilarious on the stuff that happens to him. So the novel is written by James Paris and Chris Tebbets. What do you think of the story itself and the concept? Well, I thought it was very creative and original, but there was a book, so, well, the book was very original. And the plot was very interesting, and I just thought it was a great movie overall. And were you ever bored or kind of doubt that it was a little stretched out at times, or do you think it was the perfect length? Well, it was one of those almost close to perfect movies. It might have felt a tad bit rushed, but it wasn't like stretched out or anything, and I thought it was a pretty good length. Well, in my opinion, I think that rushing a film is a lot better than keeping it stretched out, but it's good that it was almost perfect. So what do you think about the cast? There are names like Lauren Graham, who plays Jules, and Griffin Blood, who plays Rafe Catagordorian. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Thomas Barbuska, who plays Leo. So what do you think of their performances? Well, I thought all of them were amazing. The mom... Jules was amazing, and she was very believable. So was Rafe, and so was his sister. She was very believable. Um, her character's name is Georgia, and she was played by Alexa Neeson. And she was an amazing fake crier, so it just helped the heartfelt moments get along. It is definitely very hard to cry and make it look realistic. So if she did a good crying scene, then that takes a lot of acting skills. And how many stars would you give this film and why? I would give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because I love the animation. I love the plot. I love that it was one of those better middle school movies, and I loved all the actors. And would you say there's a moral or message for this story? Because I feel like a lot of these movies based off high school students or middle school students, they always have a moral or message. Do you think that's true with this film? Yeah, so I believe that the moral or message could be like, stay true to yourself, or maybe like, seek, I don't know, I feel like there could be a lot of different morals, like, in more of the end, he learns that it's good to talk to adults, even if you don't like, feel that it would help a lot, and expressing yourself is like, a good thing to do, but maybe not in a harmful way, and stuff along like, being a good kid, but also expressing who you are. Well, that's a pretty good moral, and it's a very unique moral. Not a lot of films or anything really talks about it, but it is a very important moral. Now, yeah. what age range would you give this film and why? I would um, maybe 
7, 8 to 15 or 16 because this is a middle school movie, so I guess it's more middle school content. There's not really a lot of, like, cussing, and there's not that much inappropriate, like, stuff, but it is a middle school movie, and they might have some stuff here and there that would be mostly directed towards middle school students and maybe not, like, elementary students or preschool students. Well, I think that's great. It's great that it is kind of meant for all kids. Thank you so much for talking to me about this absolutely spectacular film. If you'd like to check it out, it is in theaters near you October 7th. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Winky Bill the Movie. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back everyone i'm brandon Sella, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions uh, we've been talking about school the adventures of gumby the 60s series volume 2 miss peregrine's home for peculiar children no school worst years of her life and right now we're talking to kamai who is 11 from georgia about masterminds kamai how are you doing I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So talk to me about Masterminds. What is this movie about? This movie is is based on a true story about the greatest robbery in American history. Some A group of um, people robbed $17 million from a bank. And even now, some be- people do not know where the rest of the money is located. All right. Uh, and... What kind of, of comedy is it? Because you have like a lot of like comedies, like the slapstick comedies, like the spoofs. What kind of what kind of comedy is it? You know, I, I think it's kind of a combination of comment of uh, different types of comedies. I mean, because there's some. I mean, because there's different parts and scenes. Like sometimes when it's like crying, but they have uh, comedy in it, and they just mix emotions together. So would you say that there's there's actual story to it? Um, yes, there is an actual story to it. It's all connected. Like every single part is connected. When one person does does something, another thing, 
effect of what that person did happened. It's all connected. It's like a whole story. So would you feel that, because most people get put off by the whole comedy thing, like, oh, it's just another, like, stupid comedy. Do you feel that people can can actually find something entertaining about it besides it being funny? That's a tough one. No, I think this is like, I mean, they could find out some history about what actually happened. I mean, that would be the other thing, only other thing they could find besides comedy um, about real history that actually happened. And yeah, that would be it. So without spoiling this too much, because you said it's based on the uh, 97 Loomis Fargo robbery. So what happened um, on that day? Okay, here's what happened. Uh, a guy named Dave. He is um, he's a uh, he's being told that he can if he participate partic- participates in a bank robbery that he can uh, get part of most of the money. And when he finds out that he really is being played and he's being tricked, he he, he threatens to tell the person who put them who set him up for this that will call the cops. But what he but he really doesn't even know who the guy who put them up to us really is. So he it's about him finding out who he is and getting back the money and getting back um his uh girlfriend. Okay, so um and there's a lot of actors uh in this movie. Uh, you got Zach Galifianakis, uh, I was finally able to learn that name, uh Jason Sudeikis, Owen Wilson, Kristen Wiig. Uh, we've got SNL act- actresses, uh, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones. So from the actors, not necessarily in this movie, who's your favorite? Oh, uh, my favorite actor would have to be Owen Wilson. Why is that? Like, uh, what you know? What's um, what has he done that's like stood out for you? Well, in in the middle of the beginning in the movie, it's hard to tell, but in the rising action of the movie, he's talking and he acts so calm and he's really saying funny things like. Um, He'll just die, and he says he'll just die, and it's just so funny because he just says it so calm, like he already had this plan, and it's hilarious. All right, so as far as uh, actors' performances, uh, who stood out uh, for you? Because you said that you have a favorite, Owen Wilson, but like, you know, performance-wise, who stood out to you? Um, performance-wise, um, it would be the um the main character of the story, um who is played, David Chandler, who is played by Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, it's a tough name. <laughs> um, who is played by Zach G. I'll just say that for now. Um, but, yeah. And he really stuck out to me because when when they put him in makeup and after the movie, when they showed the real pictures, I mean, there you could tell he looked exactly like him. I couldn't even tell that that was a different guy. Okay, uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about school, the adventures of Gumby, the 60s series, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, No School Worst Days of My Life, and right now we're talking to Kamai about masterminds. So you mentioned uh, the makeup. So how big was makeup in this film? Um, um, makeup? It was, it was awesome. I mean, I mean for um, this David person in the movie he's the only one who looked like literally exactly like the person he was supposed to be playing everybody else there are some resemblance but there are some differences like height and um 
um, skinny, big. Yeah, there's uh, different, di lots of different traits, character traits on them. And uh, real quick, so who plays uh, David's girlfriend? Um, I I think her, I think her name is Kelly or. Oh, was it Kristen? Uh, oh, it's Kristen Wiig. Okay. Um, so, uh, um, coming from, um, you know, taking, uh, how was David and, uh, Kelly's, uh, interactions on screen? Like, what'd you think of their interactions as characters? Well, their interactions were really good. When you saw, before, when, before the movie was coming out, when they were still showing previews and stuff, you could see little pictures of it, and it, it showed, it, under her name, it said the bait. She was used as bait to... Lord David into um doing this little heist or heist, and uh, she lured him, and she actually ends up fall. They both end up actually falling in love with each other. But in the end, he rescues her from the uh, the ma the mastermind behind this whole heist, and um yeah, their relationship becomes strong. Okay, so now come uh going away from the story element, uh technically whether it was the music. Or the actual film, you know, the visuals. What stood out to you technically from the movie? Um, what stood out technically? Well, like, um, you know, whether they incorporated great music or like sound effects, uh, great editing, you know, some really cool shots or like some cool landscape stuff like that. Uh, okay, I see what you mean. Um, you know, I would have to choose the music because um. Like, in some of the saddish comedy parts, it's just, like, a little, uh, sad music's being play played, and then, he, and, then it, and then it just turns off, and then he just says a joke, and it's just, like, perfect timing and the perfect, uh, time to play that music. Alright, so we, well, so it seems like this is a very, like, you know, the timing, and you talk about stuff like that, the acting, it seems like it's a funny movie. Did you find uh, the movie funny? You know what? I, I, there are some parts I found funny, but uh, this was really, this was really meant, more, most of the, like 90% of the jokes were adult jokes, so I didn't laugh the whole movie, but there are some jokes I could understand that were really hilarious that made up for that. All right, so then the parts that you did find funny, like not spoiling, not spoiling it. Uh, what was your favorite part? Um, I would have to say my favorite part is when a um is when a person is driving on a motorcycle and he's just trying to go and he's trying to drive and get out the way and he trips his motorcycle trips over a rope and he just goes flying in the air and lands in the ocean. Huh. All right. That's cool. So you mentioned that there were adult jokes uh, in the movie. Uh, so what? So who is this movie for? Like what audience? Um, I would say that it's more for teenagers. Cause teenager, like young and oldish teenagers, like in the middle, like thirteen or sixteen. Cause it's like they'll understand the adult parts. They'll laugh at some of the kid parts. It'll be a great combination for them. Okay, and uh, talking about uh, the movie being like a great comedy and stuff like that, or or what you were saying that you know some of the parts were just not that funny. Can people uh, take this movie seriously, movie masterminds, or is it like you know? Do you think that people are just gonna say, oh, like it's just you know, it's just another comedy. Oh, it's just another movie with like Zach and Alphanakis and a bunch of other people. 
you know, I think they really can't take this seriously because um, it, it besides the comedy and the hilarious parts, you it go down to the basics about what this what this movie is really about the real the true meaning about this movie. You can find something from it like. This you you could be surprised like wow this actually happened in real life I I can't believe that and then the comedy adds some adds some more wows and awes and yeah it makes it a great combination it makes it a great movie. Interesting. So overall, what would you rate this movie and why? Um, I would give it a five out of five star rating. Um, because even though I couldn't understand all the joke adult jokes, I I if I was like a if I was a little bit older, I probably would. I probably still would give it a five out of five star rating because when I was in the movie theater, everybody was laughing. Like all the adults were laughing when they saw this part. So if I was probably a little bit older, I would laugh too. So yeah, I give it a five out star, five out five star rating, even if I don't get most of the jokes. And yeah. All right, I'll be sure to check that out. Uh, Kamai, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest video reviews of new film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Blinky Bill the Movie. I'm Brian Sella. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 